0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. So I want to take this moment to thank all of you for being here with me, with us in these very spooky spaces of the internet especially because this is probably the last podcast you'll hear right before my birthday so um my birthday is on august 27th and i want to thank you all so much for the messages (laughs) that you've been sending um i will be taking a minor break to celebrate. So our monthly live stream that is usually on the last Wednesday of every month, the final Wednesday, if one will, uh, will now be on the final Tuesday of August at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So if you want to join me on YouTube there, that'd be youtube.com slash snarled. I'll be having a birthday live stream. will involve... Horror stories, uh, news, and whatever else. So I hope you'll join me for that little bit of celebration. So, but for today's show, we venture into the power of lost humanity. The tragedy of those on the precipice of turning into something more. more. What happens when you paint your face with enchantment or refuse to make your exit on the stage of life? Perhaps a book contains what's left of you. Or would you give in to a full, final transformation? These stories are the invocations of the damned. First, a terrifying makeup tutorial transformation. Next, the girl in the theater wants to haunt you. After that... Poetic words seal a soul in a book. And finally, beware the power of the wolf paw. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support something scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Terror tutorial. While tricks and treats will be a little different this year, Halloween horrors at home will surely abound. Let's start the season early, with a tale set in the same universe as our podcast stories White Rabbit and Black Magics in the Makeup. Follow the steps in this terror tutorial. Kirby was bored with being stuck in the house all the time. Spending more time online, she found herself on RandoChat, a group video chatting platform that had become all the rage while everyone was trapped indoors. Many influencers started to offer one-on-one tutorials through it, including Alana It's Alive, the celebrity brand ambassador for Madame Toom's Makeup Emporium. She was teaching how to apply succubus makeup. Along with the limited edition makeup kit, she could teach you an incredibly ghoulish look for the low price of $66.60. The tutorial was scheduled to begin at the stroke of midnight, which Kirby thought was odd, but she was all set up and ready to go at 11.58 PM. She clicked the rando chat invite link in her email and was virtually brought face to face with Alana It's Alive herself. Alana's face was already half made up in the demonic makeup from the picture. Well, hello, Kirby. Are you ready to be transformed into a real succubus? Alana asked. Kirby held up the makeup kit to the camera and replied, Teach me your ways. I'm ready to look as good as you do. The lesson began promptly. And all too soon, Kirby was struggling to keep up with Alana. Some of the prosthetics were adhering to her face, while some of it was not. Kirby tried to take a piece off, but the glue she had applied held it tight in place. Is this stuff hard to get off? I wouldn't want to have to walk around like this all the time. Alana growled back. You wouldn't. Kirby looked up, and Alana's face was demonic red with sturdy horns protruding from her head. Kirby's heart raced as she scrambled back from her chair, gaping at this transformed figure in front of her. The horrific creature laughed, and then suddenly blinked back to ordinary horror makeup. Alana smirked, relax. That was just a joke with the video filter and gave an ugly laugh. Kirby gave a weak smile back as she realized she didn't want to continue with the session. This was all too weird and scary. She moved her hand to her keyboard to fake video camera problems in order to end the session early. When, without warning, the makeup on her face began to sear like paper cuts. Ow, it's starting to burn. She tried peeling it off, but the glued layer of prosthetics held fast. It's too late to stop now. Let the makeup do what it's supposed to, Alana instructed. The burning sensation gave way to a tight painful feeling of her skin stretching against her skull. Right when Kirby thought she couldn't take any more, the dull sensation of two sharp points stabbed out through the skin on her forehead. In her vanity mirror, she watched her face begin to turn a demonic red. Blood dripped from the exit wounds on her forehead, and tears streamed down her face. She reached up to tap a horn by the tip and was pricked. They were as strong as bone and as sharp as ice picks. How are you doing this? Please, stop it, Kirby begged. But Alana continued to watch with a satisfied glance. Kirby felt her body begin to stiffen as her throat constricted and her vocal cords changed. In desperation, she flung her laptop across the room, cracking the screen and scattering broken keys everywhere, but the pain just intensified. Kirby picked up the shabby chic box that the kit had arrived in, only now noticing a disclaimer in Gothic print. Warning, Vain of heart, beware you're next those that use this kit to be hexed. Always read the label first, a voice said right behind her. It was Alana, fully demonic, standing in her room. This is why we don't play with black magic. There are consequences. Kirby stood up. She was now a succubus, another minion fueled with a dark purpose for Madame Tomb, just like Alana was. They both grinned sadistically at each other. Alana took her hand, time
0: to hunt for more ambassadors,
1: and they disappeared. The next morning, Kirby's room was found empty. The only hint to her whereabouts was a cracked laptop with a flickering final chat message that read, your transformation is complete. Thank you for your purchase.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
1: All the world's a stage, but beware the characters that refuse to take their exits. Like in this story, inspired by Sophia. Dear Marquia, here is the story of the unusual experience I had during the production of a musical. Everyone knows the older the building, the more likely it is to become an attractor of hauntings, and my school theater building was no exception and held all sorts of energies that made my experience with a theater ghost one I would never forget. The memories are still so clear, the hot stage lights, the sweat on my forehead, My curly hair was poking out behind my ear and out my wig as I strut across the stage. I was absolutely exhausted. We had been there for hours and still had half of the day ahead. I slung my costume over my shoulder as my worn character and my shoes clacked on the old wood. The eyes on me felt so much closer than just beyond the edge of the stage. In the wings stood a girl in white just looking at me. She had curly hair and her skin was almost translucent. There was no way she was a member of the cast or a member of the stage crew. Her black eyes made me stumble over my lines and I barely recovered. When I made my exit, I found most everybody else in the green room. When I asked my cast if they had seen a girl in white with black eyes, no one knew what I was talking about. Figuring my exhaustion was getting to me. I went to the quick change area near the stage to fix my costumes for the next show. As I was getting every piece of my wardrobe checked off and made sure that there were no problems with them, I felt eyes on me. This is crazy, I whispered to myself. But my eyes started up to the balcony of the theater, and there she was again, big curls in that white dress. Her features were slightly blurred this time, but it looked like she was staring directly at me. The figure moved with an inhuman-like swiftness. It walked to the propped open door and then left. Confused, I looked around. No one else was there. I quickly placed my costume where I needed to and then ran out of the theater. When I got outside into the main foyer, I moved towards the stairs that led to the entrance of the balcony. I stopped when I looked to my right and saw the same figure I had before leaving the building out of the tall glass doors. Who are you? I called as I followed it outside. Why was it leaving out the doors? Surely that meant it was a real person, perhaps someone pulling a prank on us theater kids. Once outside, I looked around. The girl was going down the ramp that led to the doors of the basement of the theater. I jumped down the stairs quickly and followed her back into the building. The basement felt cold and damp, with the smell of must from old sets. It was well kept and looked much like the rest of the theater. It moved underneath and through the small lobby and down the hall, and I continued to follow her. She turned a corner, and went into what all the kids knew as the forbidden costume room. Now, this costume room was not a typical one at a theater. It was spooky. One of our costume directors loved creepy things and emblems. The place was teeming with unsettling pictures, objects, everything. I only remember two things specifically from that room. One of those... Monkeys that had symbols on its hands that had a yellow vest, and his wide eyes trimmed with red. The second was an odd painting of a little boy holding a red balloon caught in the wind, his blank eyes staring straight at where the camera would be if it were a photograph. The figure wandered through the room and then went into the costume warehouse. This was the biggest room in the entire theater. It was as big, if not more significant, than a high school gymnasium. The ceilings were at least 40 feet tall and rows and rows of costumes and other clothes seemed to stretch on in a maze of fabric for miles. The figure started to wander down the aisles and I followed it as I had been. After a few minutes, it turned a corner. And when I turned the corner, wanting only to just know what it was, in the next aisle was a dead end and the figure was gone. I looked around, confused. I didn't know what had happened. This is the part of the story that I leave out. When I tell this story around the school, no one else has ever heard how my experience truly ended. I fear that if I repeat it, then the spirit may find me again and finish what it started. However, I'm willing to share it today with you while we are all safe at home. When I started to leave, the lights went out suddenly leaving me in total darkness. Fearful I could barely make it out of this maze with light, much less in the dark, I started to pant heavily when I heard laughter. It was low and seemed to be coming from every direction. I didn't know what to do and I was frantic. The rolls of fabric began to fall around me, narrowly missing my body as I ran, pushing them off. The laughter continued. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what to do. I started to scream. I screamed louder than I ever had before. Finally, the lights flashed on and I saw a figure flying at me as scrims enveloped me. A cold chill of wind ripped through me. It felt like death. Sophia? The voice of the costume director called out as I whimpered. There you are. Are you okay? She asked. Terrified, I looked up at her and immediately sprang off into the story of what I had just experienced. After I had finished, her look suddenly became very serious. Did the spirit say anything to you? I shook my head. Did you say anything to it? I shook my head again. She grabbed my shoulders and looked directly in my eye. She is the ghost of a girl who died on stage. She comes back every five years to try to claim someone just like she was claimed. Listen, if you ever see her again, you must promise me that you'll come talk to me immediately, even if it's years later. Do you understand? I nodded. I I promise. To this day, I still don't know what that figure was. At the time, I didn't give it much thought because I was only a kid, and I went on to perform many other shows at that particular theater. Now... I realize that I witnessed something special and that there are things beyond this world that wander here that we don't understand. When I look back on that experience, I realize that I was lucky that I didn't get lost or hurt and that I'm fortunate that I made it out alive. Thank you, Snarled. Yours truly, Sophia. Thank you, Sophia, for sharing your experience with us. You know, um... For me, growing up a theater kid and just in general, whenever I travel, I am attracted to certain sites. Yes, old theater buildings, which depending on what building you're going to, have just been reconstructed into a performance space from something else that they have been. For instance, old courtrooms can be theater spaces now. And the such a lot of energy permeates that space, and then it's converted into something else, into something that does a mimicry of the drama that has already taken place within it. So I understand about hauntings taking place even newer buildings just because you are new to it doesn't mean that it is new to the spirits and the energy that it. so i'm wondering our theater kids out there are theater kids in training have you ever had a resident theater ghost at your school send us your haunted theater stories are the ones that you've even heard of. Our email is snarl.com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers in this haunting story inspired by Sedant, Aditya and Sarah loved one another, but this wasn't a love story like any other. They both belonged to different beliefs. The worst gift one receives, Sarah was killed by people of Aditya's creed, which was never considered a bad deed. Sarah had been writing a diary, which was just fine, after her head death. It was her last sign. With him, Aditya let the book stay, the only thing that made him pay. The next day, on his hand, was a deep cut. Although all the doors and windows were tightly shut, the cuts began to increase one by one. Each time he saw the setting sun, there was a spirit in the house, and he was its host. It was none other than Sarah's ghost. Aditya was the one who planned the attack. He was the reason her spirit was back. With a drop of blood, the book was stained. Sarah's soul was what it contained. So Aditya locked it away, hoping that nobody's eyes on it would ever lay. One day, he left the house to finish some work he had. That's when things began to turn very bad. After returning, he saw that there were candles all over the table, a sign that the atmosphere in the house was unstable. Some candles had cuts and gashes. In the middle of the table lay the diary reduced to almost ashes. Aditya's body was never to be found, but Sarah's spirit is still looking around. There will be terror from west to east. Because Sarah's spirit was now unleashed. Where she is now, we have no clue. Beware, dear reader. She may be behind you. Thank you so much, Sedent, for this beautiful poetry. Beautiful horror poetry that you have given us. And everyone out there, we love poetry and fiction submissions because poetry and even fiction has a certain truth to it that cannot be denied. If you have a story or poem you'd like to share with us, send them to somethingscary at snarl.com. European legends say, if you drink rainwater out of a wolf's paw print on a full moon night, you'll turn into a werewolf, like in this story inspired by Eric. In a day, your home will be in shambles. In the middle of the night, you left your husband's bed after being unable to sleep. Quietly, you crept out of your home into the woods, as if... Chasing a fairy tale once meant to scare your nieces and nephews. The air was crisp and the winds were soft. The full moon shone down accompanied by her millions of twinkling sisters. So caught up in your thoughts, you stumbled over a log, face nearly colliding with the mud below. The wind knocked out of you and your tired mind already telling you to go back, go home. Just fall into the sleeping world and let tomorrow never come. But as you catch your breath and your eyes refocus, you see it. Five indents, four small and pointed, one large and almost round, together with a little larger than your hand. A part of you had hoped you wouldn't find it, that you'd trip in the mud and go home, pride shattered. But before you, mere inches from your face, lays a paw print. Alone, wolf's paw print, in the dirt, filled with water. It was a bear attack that had killed your parents years ago, they had said. The prints were too big for a wolf, the injuries too wild for a person. The whole town knew the stories. The entire village saw who wandered out of the woods that night. The whole village sat and denied it when you had pointed to that old man and demanded to know What he had been doing that night. Why did his breath smell of meat? Why were his eyes so bloodshot? Why, when Beasts howled, he listened? It was no bear attack that killed your parents. It was him. You stare down again at the paw print. It is pristine, perfectly placed right by the log. You take a deep breath and kneel. Your face now inches from the water. In the moonlight, you see your own face. You close your eyes, lean down, and drink. Quiet, quieter than you ever felt in your life. Your heartbeat, once pounding in your ears, now pulsates on the ground. It reverberates with power to the beat of the blood coursing through your veins. You sit up again, your lips damp and your head a little light. Moments pass. A minute. Two. Three. The quiet remains. Your heartbeat slows. Stories all along. And you stand. Your ears ring like an explosion without a boom. You grip your head as it overwhelms you. You try to keep your legs from buckling under you as the migraine pierces like a knife into your brain. Crack. You let out a cry of anguish as your feet fail you and send rippling waves up your legs as you feel your bones shift. The arches of your feet feel red hot as they slide to accommodate the growth. Knives pierce your toes and your shoes as they extend over what were your toenails. They tear through your tightening flesh, curling into claws. Just as you get your footing on your hands and knees, another crack pierces the silence of the forest. Your screams rival the sound of your ankles morphing higher into the air as your foot lengthens. Muscles tighten, relax. Tighten, relax at terrifying speed, enough to rip apart your legs entirely. You feel unbalanced your calves and thighs growing larger. It feels like you are on fire, but the heat only gets worse inside your body, like your very being is boiling. You feel a pressure in your lower back as your spine shatters, a tail breaking out behind you and becoming encapsulated in fur. The agony does not cease as your torso becomes fuel for this torture. Your heartbeat shakes your entire body and you Feel it, the hunger. As your torso rips through your shirt, growing and strengthening, your shoulders widen, your mouth drools and your stomach tightens. It feels like ages since you've eaten. You're not sure if you've ever been full in your life. This gaping hole in your belly screams louder than your horse throat could dream for food, for anything. You open your eyes to dark spots filling your vision. The lightheadedness returns, creating a concoction of disorientation and visceral pain. You need to eat. And you need to eat now. You gaze down at your left hand and see that it's pressed over the paw print in the mud. No longer the wolf's, but your own. Your cries begin to mangle and break as the changes ascend to your face. Another sickening crack, deafening from your face as your mouth, nose, chin all slide forward slowly. The pain shoots through in a cacophony of misery as your entire head feels like it's struck. With another sickening crack, your face's shift is complete and your screaming ceases into pained gasping and panting. You stand on all fours as your brain rushes for answers and grips with the remaining burning pangs rampant throughout your body with a new fire igniting within you. The warmth returns stronger now. And you feel the energy built into this body, the feats you could accomplish with little thought, the chaos you could inflict, and the hunger, too, returns. Your mind screaming for food. Now, eat now, hunt now. A shard of your mind continues to scream within you, but is quickly drowned out, not by hunger, not by strength, but by rage. The armies come tomorrow, but tonight the old man pays for what he did. He will watch as the very power he used to kill your parents grinds him into a red patch on the ground. The pain is gone now. You lift your head to the (gasps) sky announcing your proclamation in a single echoing howl throughout the woods, and you run. Your large frame crashes through the undergrowth, dodges around trees, and crushes all beneath it as you break back into the village. No effort to be quiet. You tear through the empty streets as houses light up. The old man lives at the end in the still darkness. Muffled shouts come from what sounds like miles away as you reach ever closer and closer to his home. His light turns on just as you crash through his window, taking little time to drink in the fear in his eyes as you lunge upon him. His terror fuels you as you grip his lembrick. Your claws and teeth tearing at every part of him as he tries to crawl away. His begging is music to your ears. Finally, you lean down and rip his throat out, and his screams are cut short. You let out another howl and begin to consume his body, his flesh addicting in its taste enough to overwhelm every piece of you. In mere seconds, he is gone, and you need more. A man stands in the door to this room. You stand up on your legs now and roar at him. He does not move. You drool as you walk towards him as anticipation of your next feast grows. He does not run. You raise your claw to slash him. It's your husband and he holds you tight. It's your husband and he holds you as you feed. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markeia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and James H. Carter II. Narration by Markeia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley, produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscaryatsnarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. And just a reminder, I hope you join me during my birthday live stream this Tuesday, August 25th, 2020, 1 p.m. PT. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams.